on this episode of Stuck With My Dad. Six weeks and he can't even remember what we start off with. It was Jack, I swear. Oh, no, it wasn't Jack. They had a chinchilla as well. Rick rolled. It started off as a joke and now we record every weekend. It's just segmented chaos. Welcome to Stuck With My Dad. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hello, hello. Stuck With My Dad. This is uh, episode six. It's not that really hard to keep track, I guess. We do them only every week, so. Well, it's the, it's or at least we're consistently. There it is. Tuesday uploads. Tuesday uploads. Can't say exact time, but Tuesday. Tuesday they will be up before at, yeah, exactly. midnight somewhere. So, today's going to be a really good episode. Stick around for uh, probably one of the the craziest movies we watched. Not going to say what it was, but you'll get to hear about that uh, in Hashtag Cinema History at the end of the podcast. Uh, I think we'll just roll into it with what do you think? No, this no. week's internet share. Yeah, internet share. Six See? weeks and he can't even remember what okay, we started Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Um, all right. An internet share. Now, why don't you, I think I started last week, so why don't you start this week? Hmm. Okay. Do you not have an internet share? Well, I have. I, I So I had an internet share because I thought, well, what what do I want to talk to Jacob about? And look, at this, look at this guy. Then, he's the producer. Then he's the whatever. I, so I got what I was going to talk about, but then I realized, well, technically that probably should fall into cinema history because okay. it's more related okay. to cinema history. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I'll go first. Okay, you go first, and then it'll allow me to find my plan b well i think we'll start off with this i've i have two today okay my first one wasn't big enough to be a full uh, internet share so i'm kind of saving it I'm, I'm adding another one okay so first you know rick astley and never gonna give you up yes, right yes a user on reddit rickrolled basically when you get rickrolled it for people who don't know it's when you get sent never gonna give you up and you're not prepared for it and then the music and it starts playing it's basically like it's like a glorified prank prank. yeah yeah um and a user on reddit was able to rickroll rick astley himself because he's a pretty adamant reddit user he likes his he's very popular on reddit and i think he likes the attention so uh someone commented basically rick astley commented on something and someone else commented oh my gosh is this actually you i'm such a big fan and i've been going to concerts my whole life like when i was five and i got this great photo with you and it was hyperlinked got this great photo with you like is this actually you and so he clicked on it and he got rickrolled <laughs> and he just commented he just commented the hand clapping emoji and just left it at that because they got him so probably one of the biggest moments for reddit users out there finally the rick himself got rickrolled rickrolled i saw a post recently of him riding a bike in Las Vegas, like backstage, like or was like on a downtime between one of his concerts in Las Vegas. But I remember him when I was in high school or junior high when it was popular. 
when the song first came out on the radio. Yeah. Apparently he like has other songs, but who would know? Yeah. Well, I guess if you have to be known for something, right? Yeah. At least it's like a pretty good thing. Because the song's like, as annoying as it gets sometimes, it's still catchy. Just have it here in my head. So, um, anyway, that was my short little internet share. That was kind of a fun little one. My big internet share. This is coming in hot. This is big news from the gaming industry. Okay, here we go, because I got my finger on the pulse. Basically, Mixer is Microsoft. So Microsoft owns Xbox, right? Okay, yes. Twitch is like probably the number one streaming platform for gamers to stream content live with a chat, right? So hold, hold on, help me understand how it works. So you got your Xbox... Well, for Twitch, for Twitch usually, you have to have a PC. You you don't, uh, you don't no, you don't have to. You can stream from an Xbox, but most people stream from PCs just because it's way easier. You get way better stream. All functions are easier. So yeah, you have it's you, your game, your chat, which is live people there, and then you have your webcam and your you know whatever, or sometimes you don't point is you're streaming live to all the people who want to watch you you can have followers and stuff similar to youtube just live um so mixer microsoft uh wanted to you know get into that world of streaming so they created mixer it's been around for a couple years i think and basically they're, they're competing right so ninja who's probably one of the biggest streamers on twitch or he was, he was he was averaging like this. He was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars through YouTube, through mix no through Twitch. So Twitch is like a its YouTube, own thing. Its, it's own thing. It's nothing okay. to do with any other thing. Twitch no other is its own thing. Yeah. its own thing. You go on to Twitch. It's the probably it's the biggest. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So Ninja was there when Mixer came out. They shot him a deal and said, "Okay, here's there's some there's some sketchy back things with." Ninja and Twitch that I'm not really sure and some weird stuff was happening so he was he was out so he ma- signed a huge contract with Microsoft to get onto Mixer so they could bring in people because how do you bring in people sure. to your platform you bring the biggest streamer right, around right. and you bring him to your team so someone else to do this was Shroud who I mentioned him at last week when we talked about the Shroud of whatever oh the Shroud of Turin yeah um, he he also signed a contract and switched over. So now, you know Facebook, right, and their obsessive thing with buying big companies. Facebook uh, bought m- bought Mixer. They came in. Well, it's not even that they bought Mixer, but they're contracting, and now Mixer is going to be a part of Facebook gaming, which is a thing now. So you have Shroud and Ninja, who are Mixer's two biggest, like streamers, who have these contracts, and they're just sitting there. So Facebook said, "We're gonna get these. We're gonna shoot them right out of the water. They're gonna come to us, and we're gonna take the same thing Mixer did. We're gonna get the two the big streamers to come over with us." Well, Ninja and Shroud denied getting bought out. They said, no, "Facebook, we're not getting bought from you." So now they're sitting here. Ninja's hasn't even been a year of his contract yet. And 
they're not getting bought out through this new thing. So there's these contracts just sitting there, and they have to be fulfilled. Ninja is getting $30 million from Microsoft, and Shroud is getting $10 million from Microsoft because they have to complete their contracts, and they get to just go do whatever they want now. So they have to finish their contract? No, their contract, they just have to get money. They don't have to— So can they still be on Twitch? Ninja's not going back to Twitch. Because there was some. So we got thirty. So Ninja got thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars for how, what's the how how many year contract was it originally? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But they just had to pay the money because they're getting bought out, and so they're doing good now. Wow, I'm just trying to fathom. Um, how long has Ninja been playing video games? probably like 10 years and is ninja the like the the celebrity of games? of the of the of the for 30 million dollar of contract, the streaming world what does he play most fortnite mostly but he was like the big when fortnite was cool he was like the fortnite youtuber he was getting like fifty thousand viewers on a stream which is just these numbers you don't even see you see like Big streamers getting like five thousand. He was averaging like fifty. Okay, so 000. let me ask a question for all you and your gamer friends and everybody. When COVID hit, it didn't really bother you then because you could just nope. stay in your gaming. Exactly. Space. So that's why that's why professional gaming and as a whole is going to be so powerful. If stuffs like this happens, where, where we where need to be inside, can't play. Yeah, they don't have to worry about it. All they need is a good connection, which. People who are in professional levels have in their homes already. And they just they can play their online games. They can have their tournaments. Things can carry on. All these the gaming event launches and like games have to keep updating. They can all do that from home because that's all. It's uh, Until your internet goes out, right? That's, then you need a generator or you're using Starlink, oh, Starlink. to connect you all. I was talking to a friend the other day who's in IT, and he said that I asked him about this idea of Starlink connecting everybody, and Aaron said, well, sure, you can easily create a grid around the globe. Once you get it all lined up, you could have every... A Starlink. I don't know if it's called Elon, Starlink. What yeah, Elon, Elon Musk's Musk. satellite process. Is he going to... Is it going to be free or is he going to be charging people? Oh, I'm sure he'll charge you, but... Because I, I thought he was like, I want to offer... Yeah, but then but then Internet the idea of something it. like that, Aaron reminded me that when you plug into something like that, you will never have privacy again. Because scary everything name. can track you. Because he said right now you could throw your phone away, you could walk into the Minnesota woods, mm-hmm. you could never be heard of again. You could actually it's unplug. True. It might have a ping of your last... But if you don't have anything, that's why even up in the north, I'd love to go up for a canoe trip up north to the boundary waters because there are areas you can get into where you need a satellite phone because that's the only way you're going to get a signal yeah anyway yeah it's crazy so that's the well big news. That's i was i was internet. writing yeah i was writing some uh i always have st- like story ideas yeah. in my head right and creative well what if this was a book or whatever so i was i was doing some brainstorming and i eventually got to this idea like what if there was one company that owned everything. Like one company produced any and everything you use in your life 
and it was like a giant organization and all the superpowers of the world came together and all the governments and all the leaders of the world and it was just this one organization and uh it was it's just crazy to think about like that when you think about that if you, every single person who can is using one network it's called the new world order yeah it's scary hey th- that, that was another episode of troy's big data fears <laughs> um tune in next, next week all right my, my fear level is is less today because i'm tired but uh all right here's my internet share this comes from uh 1948 october hmm really catching up on the current catching stuff catching up on the, the current life. stuff thankfully i could find it because i've heard about this fargo pilot tells of chasing flying disc what this is really bizarre because my what do you think later is very much about aliens yeah connected. <laughs> see so, Ooh, we're tuning in so a new history channel series exploring u.s investigations into ufo is a strong fargo tie this comes from the uh, bismarck tribune from january of 2019 uh, what it, so, so some pilot some pilot it focuses on the then 25 year old national guard lieutenant encounter with an unidentified flying object in the skies above fargo in the 1940s the lieutenant george gorman a b-52 fighter pilot in world war ii told the forum of fargo of fargo moorhead in october 1948 that he had a dog fight with the ufo it was the weirdest experience i've had in my life so you think it could have just been like but what's his mask be a, got a little undone and he was altitude sick and he was like, I'm fighting the UFOs. Yeah, he did like he had like a glaucoma or a fuzzy eye or something. Yeah. Or something. And, and, so so that so the, maybe well, here's the thing. I know that when you're doing well, what kind of what was he flying? He followed the disc for 27 minutes. Gorman tried to crash into it, but the disc dodged him at speeds of 600 miles per hour. He called his aircraft was going at a top speed of 400 miles per hour as he approached the disc. It lit up and burst to speed and outdistanced him. Okay, then he was definitely in a jet. There, he couldn't have been going. No, yeah, yeah. Like that. The fast story was a, corro- like corroborated by another pilot flying in Fargo that night and the two traffic controllers who Gorman relayed information to. So apparently, there must have been a history reports that the Air Force investigators arrived in Fargo after the incident. Everyone was puzzled. That's so weird. There you go. So there's a little bit of history. So apparently, then it's played out in, in a History Channel show. But um, growing up in North Dakota, I always thought, well, there's a place to see UFOs because it's so flat and you got so much sky. Right. You know. There you go. Your well, your hometown I, had an yeah. alien encounter. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. I was born in North Dakota. Uh, that's weird because I know when you're doing, like, when you're doing high G's, yeah. if you're flying, you know, in those jets, that if you're if you can't control yourself, like they these suits that they wear, I can't remember what they're called, but they just they tighten everything and all everything is just tight. Oh, it's like a super like you're yeah you're just constricted, in, yeah, constricted so that when the G's are pushing down your body, it's it's like counteracting it. Right. So I know when you're doing stuff like that and you're not doing the proper techniques, your eyes can like 
slowly black out. Oh, sure, sure. You, you pass out. Right. So, I don't know. Seems a little... But 1948, so, you you, you know, the, the, it's one thing to see alien life force. 1948, right. that is, so wow. So, you're not watching, I mean, there's... Well, he wouldn't have been you're, you're, anything crazy then. Yeah, you're, because not, you're not influenced by media or things like that. You're just flying a mystery disc. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, you, it's not like you were. You'd pop on the news in 1948 and see ancient aliens. Yeah, exactly. It's not really how it worked back in the day. Oh, ancient aliens. So that's my internet share. Oh wow! Well. Aliens, aliens. Do you have any? Do you have it for a Troy story? Have you ever had any count encounters? Alien Troy story. You must have found some weird people when you were doing producing something. Well, you thought they saw aliens or something. Um, let's see. Um, I think the story that probably my 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 Troy story regarding aliens. I'll go. I'll do a throwback. I've shared this story with you, I think, before. But for the for the listening audience, when I was in high school, I hung out with a good friend, Doug. This Any of you may one. know of him. Uh, we were 16, 15, 16, and there was a pagan bookstore uh, in the hometown that we lived. And so, you know, as curious kids, we would bike over there. Or our friend would drive us over there, and we would go hang out at the pagan bookstore. And there were two women that owned the bookstore. And apparently, uh, and I'm not going to mention names to keep people's anonymity. Anyway. Anyway. Their secret. Their secret. <laughs> their secret is safe. Uh the Doug always liked seeing eleven eleven. He liked every time he saw eleven eleven. You know, yeah. so we asked the women at the store, who they had a chinchilla as well. <laughs> so I mean, you know, we go in there. He's in his onk shirt. I'm in my home improvement shirt, and um, <laughs> we walk in. We want to learn about what's going on here. And the woman said, "Oh well." And eleven eleven. If you have, if you see the number eleven eleven, that means in the eleventh century, you are the offspring of alien, and Egyptian interbreeding. So what? you see eleven eleven, and so we're like, oh my god, and you know, just oh, chuckling crazy. at the idea of oh, you know, how crazy is that? Someone's. But then the woman went on to say, oh well, and I was abducted by an alien. So that's the first person I'd ever met who legit claim that they were abducted by an alien i'm probably 15 or 16 and the woman says oh yeah i was abducted by an alien they used to take me up and then they they would give kids pets so like to keep the kids calm on the spaceship oh my God. they would keep the kids pets and i can't remember if she got a cat somebody got a cat but then somebody got a pig like a baby pig and had to hold on to the pig i think well, the woman had terror, night terror, you know, it just was terrifying. So she got mm-hmm. abducted. That's the memory she had. And she was always terrified to um, go into the shower and close the door because she was afraid that the aliens were going to come in. So she had this phobia about being afraid of the aliens. That's, that's awful. And so she would carry a gun in the, in the shower. Jesus. And it was at that point where she knew she needed to get help or something. So maybe she had, you know, hypnosis or something. My, wh- like... Sorry, but as a very strong non-believer in uh, alien abductions, uh, it's interesting. I wonder where she, like that all came from. Like, how did, did she psychology seriously think? Like, how when when did she think? Like, how 
like you do wonder what's the lead up to folks it, do they it, have a psychotic break do they yeah have, like what do you, do you think it was like over time she was like oh my gosh i think i got abducted by aliens like and she created the story or do you think it was like she had some one time she just like mentally broke and then yeah it's i don't crazy. know it's it's strange but to meet someone uh who would who and, and especially being a teenager i mean i was your age yeah maybe a little younger and you know i i was raised in a christian upbringing you know baptized methodist confirmed yeah. lutheran so you know aliens weren't in the conversation yeah. i mean it was in movies and tv and then you meet someone who really has it plus they have a chinchilla plus they <laughs> carry a gun in their in their shower because they're afraid of the aliens um oh. We left there, and and uh, I think Doug uh, was extra freaked out about eleven eleven. So that's my uh, that's my Troy story on uh, alien abductions. Are you gonna talk about the best part of the whole story, or are you gonna leave? Well, it? the best part of the whole story, in a nutshell, is is that he he doesn't want to say it because it makes him look like an ass. But <laughs> no, no, it says what a good pranker I am. Like what 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 was the pranking thing we were talking about earlier? Uh, I don't know. You said, oh, and now that's yeah, a know. modern glorified. day glorified. Oh, the Rickroll. Oh, Rickroll. So I, Rick I said that was glorified pranking because <laughs> it's stupid. So then years later, uh, I found a book at the library that was for sale and it was called Channels from Above. Mm -hmm. And it was all about these alien channels. This person channeled alien information from this person named Ashatwina. <laughs> so what I did is, is I had the ability to... Uh, type, you know, I, I printed out this letter. I dated it November 11th, 1.11 p.m. Dear brother, and then D dear brother Doug, uh, I, uh, I'm i here to inform you that it's time to understand your true purpose in, in this, you know, is this whole letter about him being part of this alien. And then I signed it, your, your brother in light, Ashatuina, and I signed it, and I folded it up, Put the book in an envelope, made sure that the postage said November 11th, $1.11. So everything was perfect. And I mailed it to him. God. Okay, I've got to say right off the bat. I've heard the story so many times, but like this is this is like high tier prank level. This is like serious level, like crazy. Because you had to make sure everything oh, was I, right. It, it, I wanted to make sure that he really thought that this, and so it freaked him out a bit. And it freaked his dad out a little bit as well. So I don't know how long the, that I kept it. I remember he called me and he goes, you didn't send me. He said, no, why? Well, I got this letter in the mail and this book and it says, dear brother, please come and join the light now. And it's time that you truly understood who you were. <laughs> Read this book, Ashitawina. It's like this unsolicited book about alien channeling. And, um, and it was a good prank. And I had him going for a while. And then one time he came out to visit at grandpa's house to grandpa dennis's house and i was there and i think my brother was there and i had set it all up oh god i did this joke on doug mm -hmm. and then sure enough when he got out there he mentioned and he told the story of getting this book and how freaked out he was and then i couldn't keep from laughing anymore yeah and i finally told him that i did it oh. and uh yeah that was uh so that that's been a running joke for a while yeah so that's a good one if, that is uh, a good one if anybody wants to uh send us we don't have a p.o box yet but yeah uh, you know send us ancient or send us you know alien insight or ideas about 11 11 uh crazy stuff hey well uh we're talking to about seven people right now so well that's... those seven people could turn into 11 
Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we're uh, see. We have this is interesting. We have. Uh, Has it been declining since episode one? Yeah, about seventeen percent of our listeners listen through the full duration, or something like that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it went episode one has 64 plays well there you go uh episode five has seven so you know we we fall we have some drop off yeah it is what it is well i still have to uh we still have to get it get it properly on if you got a face oh yeah we still need to get it on apple music like properly hey by episode five by episode 10 episode 10 we'll have it on apple that's that's we are uh no but we uh we should get an official Facebook rolling because I'm sure a lot you had Facebook posted the even whole on world Facebook of Facebook yet. just I'd hate it but I don't understand yeah, it's too I, boomer for me well, I just, yeah it's it's a whole other I um, got a whole story about Facebook but what's what is it is this transition this alien talk transition yeah. into what do you think it does so I remember um I think it may have been last episode I had a moment where i shared a youtube t- channel and then i was like oh this will be my like media share so this week's media share i don't know what i was doing but i was watching uh i was watching some video and it was like podcasts you should watch or listen to if you want to like question things and since i since i've been as long as i can remember i've always been fascinated with astrophysics and philosophy of you know theories of the mm-hmm. universe like neil degrasse tyson has been right. my idol forever and i thought i was i was like i want to be an astrophysicist but you know i i like to dream so the point is i found this podcast it's called the end of the world with josh clark and it's a series just deep diving into the big theories about the end of the world mm. And, and you talks to the about podcast? I, I, no, I listened to the first episode and I was like in love. the The first episode's about the Fermi paradox and like how we're basically there's his the paradox like states that there's no there's no one else. It's just us. Oh, in or the like, universe. Yeah. This idea that we are the only yeah sentient like beings we, in the universe. There's, we should have been able to find someone already. Like how have we not? Or they would have found us. Yeah. And there's all these theories and no, like, but this is all science based. Yeah, this is yeah, 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 Astrophysicists. Yeah. None of this. That's not this like this is not conspiracy. Yeah, theory yeah, yeah. It's he fiction. interviews. He actually interviews. He's a really smart guy, and he'll do interviews with like doctors of you know right. whatever, PhD. And so he, it, it's seriously, the end of the world with Josh Clark. I'm pretty sure it's anywhere you can find podcasts. And so it just got to me thinking, like, the second one's about the Great Filter, uh, which I knew, I, I've known about the Great Filter. It's what? basically I, this I theory. I, I just started the episode sure. not too long ago. It's basically this theory. The End of the World is called? The- yeah, The End of the World. Uh, it's basically this theory that there's a point where a civilization can't go on anymore. So it's like that's, we've ne- we, ha- we can't find aliens because they're all extinct. Like, extinction is inevitable, basically. There's something that's going to stop, that stops a civilization from advancing. And so that that's the second episode. But there's like 10 episodes out, and I'm pretty sure it just 
it's not just a short series. I think he, he keeps posting. So I guess my what do you think is like, what do you think about the universe and do you think there could be aliens out there? I, when I, I don't know how there can't be other intelligent life in the billions and billions of galaxies that exist out there and the scope and the size of the universe. It seems absurd to me that we are the only lucky happen chance planet to have the right mix of yeah chemicals to make this all possible it just seems to me that when when i i mean there's that one image of space that was taken where someone pointed the satellite i forget which one and it just pointed on one square where it looked like there was nothing and it just stayed there for days and then you zoom into that part and you zoom into that part and you see all of this depth and it's just like that's just one square of the sky Mm -hmm. that's not looking at all 350 you know 360 Mm -hmm. degrees so I, I, I believe that there has to be intelligent life for, you know, dark matter. I don't under, you know, that's a big thing right now. What is dark matter? What fills up most? I mean, there's just so much from the science side of it yeah. that's intriguing. Well, here's the thing, because that's what the Fermi's paradox is all about: is like explaining why it's just us and so or it, like it is the idea that. From the dawn of time, there may have been advanced Basically, I can't remember his first name, but he, he wasn't the one to like finalize it. The first name of the host? No, f- firm, uh, oh. Fermi Paradox. It's new. I haven't heard this one before. Fermi Paradox. Named after the Italian-American physicist Erniso... For me. Okay. So basically, he and... Here is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence for extraterrestrial civilizations and various higher estimates of their probability. So yeah, him and three other fellow uh, philosophers and, you know, very, very smart people. Like, being at a table with these people would probably just... You wouldn't be able to understand what's going on. Um, they, they They were sitting down... And he's he's named after the paradox yeah. because they can't remember exactly no, he, what he the said. The paradox is named after, after him. him. Yes, yes, sorry. Uh, but it was something along the lines of like, where are they? Or if we're here, why? Where is everyone else? Right. So he that was coined, and now it's based. That's basically the question. We have been. It's been a you know. 13.7 billion years of existence. So where is where is it? Where are the people? You looking something there? You can t- you know talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the, at the uh okay, okay. Um and so like what you were saying, like there's so much out there, right? Right. Appa- like apparently if even if it was a 1 in 1 billion chance that there was life in another part right. of the universe. Right. Our galaxy would have like 200 other forms of life. Yeah. Just just statistically wise. Right. Like, so it, it's been, 
So there, there would have been, must have been a way. Well, but but we're also so short in our time as human beings on the earth in the grand picture. Well, I know, but so we're we're so new, but there's been the the universe is so old. Right. So what you're what I'm saying is is that is it possible that ancient aliens came and brought technologies to the city of Atlantis in the old days before okay. our our time, yes. and that's when they came, but they haven't come back because. Well, and that's why the episode is so interesting because there's so many theories on, like, there's theories, there's a theory that we're not, they don't want to come here. Like, maybe they know we're here, but there's no point for them to come here. We're not threatening because we're, we're going to, almost going to kill ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. So they're, they're just staying away and they don't, maybe their civilization is, there's a civilization and they're just they want to ponder themselves and they want to it's cultural right so right. maybe that's why they want to well stay. so then or, do you think so what do you believe right now based on what you've listened to do you believe that there are honestly I've, oh, I, I've i've it's so hard to say like even um who oh my gosh his name is like on the tip of my tongue the original Star Talk series. Oh, the or, original no, 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 Cosmos, Cosmos Carl series. Sagan. Carl Sagan always believed that there was more. There was something out there. He, it was bleak. It's bleak to believe there isn't. He, 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 told, he said that there has to be. There's more, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. Obviously, that's that's the easy answer, right? But I think I'm leaning t- towards more. There isn't. Because there's just there's just been we've only been around for like ten thousand years. The, the universe has been around for thirteen point right, seven right. billion. Well, ten thousand years. What are you? Well, human, like human like, beings have been around longer than that, haven't they? Well, no. Are well, like modern. Well, I'm not sure. So hold on, just so I don't misunderstand what you're saying. When you say, "Well, okay," because I want you to get your facts right. If you're saying that we've been around for ten thousand years, because we've been around long, human Homo sapiens. Well, yes, that's been like three hundred thousand years. Right. So I'm not sure what ten thousand. But, but here, let me just like the modern. Uh, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna shut up because. You, we can't both look it up. No, I'm not. I don't know what I'm looking up. Be, I don't know why this computer is bad. We speaking of computer, we're gonna. You apparently have some grand scheme that we're getting a computer for our our for making stuff. For making stuff, we need a brand new computer, friends. Do you have an old iMac that's not old? Maybe a couple weeks old, and you want to give it to uh, oh, father I see, son yeah. trapped. But it's crazy. All I'll say is, is that at night when I do look up and I look at the stars, it's the, it, it's a it's a great comforter to think of how massive and enormous the universe is compared to the fears and worries that exist inside. Yeah, our I lives. know what I'm talking about. Civilization as we know it, yeah, has only been around for about six thousand years. Oh, fair. oh, so you're talking about civilization, like the like how it's constructed. Got it cohesive civilization 
not that humans well obviously sure, sure, sure. we've been around for much longer than that it the it's just statistically the chances of something being out there and not have found us yet are so are just too low like there there has if there was something out there we sh- we should know and that's and that's why the th- there's there's just so much knowledge, right? Right. Like that's why there's a million theories to explain a million things. Like it was going into the idea that maybe there's I can't remember like post biological civilization, which basically they've already uploaded their sure. their minds, and so they because of how much of a waste it is to be have well, sent that, humanoid but, but bo- bodies. Doesn't that open up the argument that? We're already in the simulation. Well, that's one of the episodes. It's titled the, simu- the simulation. The simulation. Oh theory. gosh, I'm gonna love this. Yeah, you are. It, it's really, really. So but here's the challenge: when you're stuck at home and you can't drive because there's no office anymore because of the COVID, you can't really uh, use car time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. So it's a little weird for me to walk up and down my stairs for an hour listening to podcasts. Hey, just listen while you're going to bed. There you go. That's a good. But as I was saying, if there was like this was the weirdest thing, but apparently. Like very well knowledge people, this is a possibility that there's beings that you know they're they've uploaded they're post biological they've uploaded them their brains, um, and so it's just computing, and you need you know all this computing and that there's these devices that could be harnessing the energy of stars to power. Oh yes, yeah, and like. There's so many different possibilities but, of what could be happening. Well, but then you think about the size and scope of the universe as well. Think about how tiny Earth is compared to some of these huge other planets and galaxies. We might be a fly or an ant or a neuron in the scope of the size of things. So if there's intelligent life, it could be larger than us. Well, yeah, but that's kind of beyond the point, like the scope of the what they're looking at. land of the in. giants. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to think about it, but it's fun to think about because like, we just don't, we just can't know. Like, no. And, and, and and that is what's hopeful about science and, and cosmos and, and the series. I mean, you know, I know we've already passed the Troy story, but I did see the, uh, the, the relaunch of cosmos at South by Southwest, Neil deGrasse Tyson was there and they premiered it. I saw the first episode in, in the, I think it was the Paramount Theater in uh, Austin, Texas. And that changed my life. Yeah. I am such a visual person that when I could actually see that played out in front of me, because mm-hmm. the original Cosmos was not as cinematic. Yeah. And this new one is just mind-blowing. So it's, it's super exciting and it changes the way that I look and process the world because to your point there's so much knowledge and we just know a small infinitesimal part of it right and the reason the show is called the end of the world or i want to make sure i'm yeah the end of the world is because he believes not like a hundred percent but he he has a strong feeling that like we could we could go extinct in the next hundred to two hundred years that's fair did you see how hot it was in the arctic circle today no was that yeah, just a buzz? in the city? Yeah, it was hot news. Hot, hot news. Hot news, no pun intended. Yikes. Uh, uh, the Arctic Circle got, a uh, city north of the Arctic Circle was 100 degrees today. Oh my gosh. So, 
the idea of being stuck with your dad imagine that in 20 years we all have to live in a building because it's too hot to go outside yeah well probably not 20 years but yeah i don't know that's like all of that future it is weird because future idea we stuff is how do we adapt yeah we're not gonna know yeah, so the idea is is that 100 to 200 years humanity will be he he believes because of all this research he's right. done that humanity will be that we're just gonna end up killing ourselves basically in well, the next 100 to 200 years that but i can believe that we'll kill ourselves in terms of the collective you know yeah we haven't blown ourselves up yet but i i have to believe that human beings will evolve and continue unless the earth completely burns to a toast somewhere somebody is still going to live on this earth well that's the thing like it's honestly it's really not that hard to just think of all the little things that could just wipe out all of us oh sure one big asteroid could knock us all out or even oh how many nuclear plants are there in the world how many atomic bombs are there? well i like this This how many what's the next virus that could so how do you stay positive civil war we're going to kimchi corner next i'm gonna need something to be we need a little (laughs) we need a little optimism and a word of delight for the day so let's move into kimchi corner the segment of kimchi and collective inspiring or or quotes uh important quotes to ponder while you're you're having mild we ponder the world and eat oh, kimchi. this is medium kimchi from same once kimchi again, from our friends week. from last week at you betcha kimchi it's almost gone it's almost already. gone and uh and i'm happy to report jacob made another batch so how long do i have, have to, to wait check for on that? that probably a week a week because man he gonna he gingered it up good too put a lot of yeah. ginger in the new batch tell us what's in the new batch okay so and how long did it take you to make took me like four hours probably because half the time you're just sitting there and you're uh like you have to get the yeah eat right into the mic and that's what they love no 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 uh half the time you have to let the the cabbage soak in the salt and then you you know i didn't i don't think i rubbed it like in up enough because there wasn't really enough liquid but we'll make it through and it'll be fine it's well, a very that's kind forgiving of an right? method, yeah. It's, you're trying to make it ferment, so yeah, it's very forgiving. So Oof, that one does have a yeah, it has a bite. Did you have? I don't know. If, I I think there's a lot more onions in it, but that's not going to matter once it's fermented because you're not really going to taste. We put this. This one feels like I'm kicking. Well, yeah, because I there's just there's a gotta lot be a of pepper. Yeah. What's the pepper in there? Actual kimchi is usually quite spicy. Yeah. Um. But so we're you know we we make it our own. But uh, all right, basically read read your quote. And you're I'm gonna, gonna take eat, a bite. Take all a right, bite. so this bite comes from Miguel de Unamuno. He is a scholar and um, uh, an author. That my speaking of my friend Doug. Doug sent this to us, but it's poignant. So I'm gonna have to read this. But in order to make the descent, though why not? the ascent into the marvelous cave of the darksome future in order to make the leap into the darkness which is almost upon us coming thick over our heads and from under our feet no outside rope whatsoever will serve even if the outsize and the near of hundred fathom like the spider our soul must draw the rope 
our thread of how do I pronounce that? I don't know. A R I A D N E. It's a word above our pay grade. Arodney. Out of itself from its own entrails. Oh, this is he likes this one. Everyone, each one, must draw from himself the guide rope, the saving rope, spin it from out of the out of one's entrails. Each one must, if he wants to be saved, spin from his own entrails, weave from his own living entrails, sufficed as they are with anguish, despair, and faith. That's, uh, <clears throat> that's deep. So I take that to mean that you're going to have entrails in life. You're going to get cut. You're going to be, your guts are going to be hanging out and you got to make the most of your guts. Okay. You well, either, that you either was, hang uh... yourself with your guts. Okay. You hang yourself with your guts. I thought this or was supposed to be, uh, well, it's for Doug. It's always a little, it's always yeah, a little good dark. Point. Speaking of, you better be listening. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell him to tune in to good to this one for sure. Uh, so that was uh, that was Kimchi Corner. Corner. I'm hoping next week we got a fresh batch of your original kimchi. Tighten that up, otherwise oh, yeah, it's gonna stink. Uh, all right. By the way, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, episodes a couple ago where I did ASMR kimchi cracking celery corner. I didn't hear any. He did ASMR at the end of the episode and posted it before, and I didn't even know. So, uh, if you want to go digging for that, if you missed it, uh, good luck to you, and uh, hope you're saved. Anyway, I think it's time to move on to my favorite segment. Hashtag cinema history. Hashtag cinema history. So, this movie, this is what I'm going to say about this movie. This movie is probably the best sequel I've ever seen. It ties to the first movie in a way that was captivating. It was heartfelt. And as a new fan to the series, I was so happy and giddy through the whole film because I felt like I was reliving the first one. We watched Dr. Sleep. That's Which right. is the sequel to The Shining for so, this week. This week's film was Dr. Sleep, and fresh from Wikipedia, Dr. Sleep is the 2013 horror novel by American writer Stephen King, based on the sequel of his 1977, the year I was born, novel The Shining. Uh, and it is... This, is... this is off of the book, not the movie. Oh, that's right, the novel. Yeah. The 19... But it's based... But the movie yeah. came out in 2019, starring Ewan McGregor, and it follows the life of Danny. Since last week we watched The Shining. Which I am now a huge fan of. The Shining just watch, world in did general. Did you just spend the week looking at theory videos? Yeah, and, I was and just devouring a lot of... all of the stuff. Uh, Dr. Sleep um, is the horror film um, sequel. And I guess where do you want to start? What do you want to dive in? I want to start by saying... This is a spoiler warning yes, because it's be inevitable that there's in going to be spoilers. So go watch Doctor. If if you like, like honestly, if you like The Shining, it's a no brainer that you have to watch Doctor Sleep. It, it is worth it. I think you know it's curious. I think people have mixed reviews on it. But the 2019 film is written and directed by Mike Flanagan, who was a huge fan of the series. And nothing's better than 
you being a fan and knowing that everything you want as a fan is going to be done because the movie was written, directed by a fan. So it was just, yeah, I don't know. Where even do we start? Well, I think this comes into the thing I was going to talk to you about earlier, but decided to save it for here, which is sort of themes. Thematically, what is what are we hitting upon? So it's sort of man versus himself, right? Mm-hmm. Did you go over these? Have you learned these in, in, yeah. in man versus himself, man versus nature, man yeah. versus man? Um, these sort of universal themes, these themes of redemption. But the idea of it starting off with these flashbacks and these memories of what happened to Danny after the 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 film. Now, of course, for all you fans out there, the book is different than the movie. And therefore, Stephen King didn't like, I think we mentioned this last week, Stephen King didn't care for the Shining. Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining, so much so that years later he would end up executive producing uh, the the made for TV movie of The Shining, which was based more like the book, where it wasn't a movie. I thought it was a show. TV made for TV oh. movie, so it was a mini series. Um, but Spe- but Stephen King was on board for this adaptation, and I thought they did a good thing, which is they tried to blend elements of the book with elements of the movie. Because yeah. if they had made a movie and not gone back to those locations and those had those memories and to follow the characters it did take me a little bit to get used to the idea of not seeing shelly duvall or the original danny in the flashback scenes jack nicholson because there's a texture to the way that a 1980s film is shot and my only sort of critique about the way this movie starts is it feels too clean it feels too sharp it feels too fresh well so the 1980s stuff still looks like oh it's 1980s but it's shot in 2020 you know there doesn't there's not well yes yes and i think the the point is it's supposed to be that way like the they could have gotten the you know the original they could have done it on film again and reshot those shots but i think the whole point is that you're supposed to feel something new true because he was very there's so many similarities but the director really did not want it to be a ripoff because he felt like that that's not uh, that's not honest to kubrick but that's also not honest to um stephen king because he didn't like it anyway and stephen king was the one who was like checked off the box he was like this dr sleep i like your script it's we are doing it so i i just don't know how else they would have done it really because they couldn't have reused the stuff no no you can't well I mean, you know the idea of sort of doing like uh, uh the um, facial uh de-aging like they did in in uh the the irishman on netflix you know you're not going to do that with the the talent and you nor are you going to be able to pay the folks to, to come back but i will say this the idea uh so basically in the movie there are there's this group of I don't know what they're officially called, but they're they're sort of like soul they're, suckers. They, they, they basically, they I think, the, in the book, they're uh, like a f- vampires. Basically, they ba- they they feed off of the shine, and they they feed off this thing yeah. called steam. And basically, they it's it's the embodiment of shine. So when if someone has a, a shine in them, or they can shine. Which is the psychic abilities, and that's well, what the shine. You, you better know what the shine is if you're 
you know, yeah, watching these movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when, when you die and when you get killed and pain and fear, you release the steam, which is like what they feed off of, and it's basically allowing them to be immortal or close right. to immortal. And so they're called Trunat, and they're a cult of psychic vampires, essentially. That's, yeah, their official title in the yeah. book. Yes. But we don't really get, like, too into what they are. Yeah. They're but just kind of this... The main the main bad person is a Rose Rose the Hat, and she is sort of the lead of leading this cult of folks. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get this setup that while Danny is going through what he's going through at the Overlook Hotel in the 1980s, they're kidnapping these kids with psychic abilities and yeah. then, you know either turning them into shine part numbers, of their yeah or they're taking their and it reminded me honestly of when they were grabbing the screams from the kid and and that scene it reminded me a little bit of uh monsters inc oh yeah you know where they scream into the canisters yeah, yeah. And, and then um, but that is a happy ending because they realize that laughter is right, more powerful see? but not in this but danny is obviously grown up to be and an alcoholic. Do, what did you think about uh, what's his first Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor playing? I thought he did really well, but you were you were I don't know. You seemed a little. No, I liked his performance. I liked him in that role. I always enjoy watching him. Um, I did. The, it was a little boy that I did, who was playing the mm-hmm. young Danny. Who just, he didn't really. He didn't embody that stare and that look. Yeah. He didn't have that same sense of. And where was Jack? Like yeah, no, wasn't it? I forget what his little friend's name Jack. was. Jack. No, no, it wasn't Jack. Look, listen. How how can we? It was this? Jack. I swear. No. Yeah. Jack. All work and no play makes Jack a dog oh, boy. Oh no, it wasn't Jack. God. You gotta write your notes down. No, when you say no, the... but where? Wait, like. I can't look anything up on this computer. I don't know why it's not. The point is, also. Apparently, in the book, Danny's little friend who's talking to him is basically his future self shining. To him. To him. In the book. Yeah. To give him, like, tell him what's how to, like, survive and stuff. Right. So that's his, like, imaginary friend. And it's interesting because the, they didn't... Tony. 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 Why did I get... Well, I just got Jack because... Jack Torrance, but um, Tony was a little voice in his mouth. Yeah, and like, why did, why didn't they have? They should have had, and his voice, the original Danny's voice in right. here, red rum, right, right, right. and like, there was there was just like this vibe, and it it you're right. I feel like they could have out of all the people, there's I'm sure there was so many additions. Yeah, they could have found a boy who. Right looked more or just so the movie go follows some flashbacks of danny as a little kid and then he grows up to be dan and he's an alcoholic and so you can imagine so after experiencing all of that trauma he tries to numb himself and he just you know he's it's it's horrific so he tries to get away from himself by going up north to new hampshire to get away gets off this bus in this small town and meets this guy and he takes him in and he gets his and then he starts communicating with this young other little girl that's got psychic abilities or shine and she is like the most powerful she has the shine the most powerful out of anyone that there's like ever been in the, and so she's like this super powerful 
Um, so it, it's it's it, it was really cool. Her her actress was incredible, very well embodied it, and I think that's why they were all happy to have her. And so it just shows this group trying to capture them so that they can stay in their immortal states. And so Kylie Curran was the young actress, uh, African-American actress who starred. She was outstanding. Yeah. She was so strong and in her character and you didn't like. You weren't afraid. Right. So let's let's what were three of your favorite points of the film? Three of your favorite scenes. I just, it was just so pleasing to see Danny as an adult. Like, you just got to see what it was like, you know. Obviously, it made sense that he was an alcoholic because he was just, it was so traumatizing. Um, But 100%, the best part of the whole film is when they go back to the Overlook. Yeah, you saw spoiler alert here. Well, we already we, we already, already prepped this, so already, it's on yeah. them now. That was the most giddy I've ever felt because, like, I'm so I'm new to this series, but I, I just I'm so in love with it now. And then seeing the overlook and like how they completely copied it, and seeing him walking through and how they rebuilt the room and made it all gross, and then he looks through the door and it was. It was so weird to to think and to think that people had hadn't been able to see any sort of sequel right who originally I mean, it ta- saw the movie it, it really takes you back to that space and, and that was my favorite part of the film as well were these these flashes back well some flashbacks to to recreations of scenes yeah and then the final third of the film is when they go back there to fight the the uh rose with the hat rose with the hat yeah or yeah um and uh they never actually like say her name no I, no it, there's no rose or oh my gosh we just, just read it kind of, he's tired i'm tired no rose the hat rose the hat yeah and um the, so, the reason is because she has this really weird top yes. hat that she wears but when she walks through the scenes and they revisit the writing room in the film, which is great. They revisit the step scene, which is great. The golden room. The golden room they go back. I was always I was very much waiting for the scene where Danny was gonna confront his father again. And that scene in the bar where Lloyd, the bartender, is actually mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's Jack's character. Er, Jack, yeah. Uh, the character. Um, which later I found out that actor was actually Elliot from E.T. Uh, e. which was wild as well. Uh, Couldn't even recognize him. No, no, no. And so it was, there were some scenes that were very interesting. And and I can only imagine sort of the joy and the excitement and energy that it was to be on that set. To walk through those spaces again, to, to the recreation. Yeah. And as I said last week, I loved the idea of being immersed in that space. Like to just sit in a chair yeah. and watch in that room or just to walk through those halls and the be. recreation of the characters and then how the idea that Danny had to put those characters in a box to keep them away from yeah, scaring in him in his head. But but that was the best part because you you just didn't feel scared. Right. It's it was I think it was it's such a powerful moment when he's scared of something 
he he confronts it yeah. and he locks it in this box in his head and those are the moments where like in a modern horror day film they they would just get you with it and they would do cheesy jump scares and whatever and I didn't feel like this movie was that. No, it wasn't, no. They, they, it I wasn't think it was trying a conscious to be, choice not to have jump scares. It was, or just, you know, it, it was, all the scariness was in super intentional. Right, right. And it was, it was, like I said, I think it's the best sequel I've ever seen just because of how fluidly it just picked up. But that that we owe that all to Stephen King because it was a novel. Right. So they... Now, are you the type of person who would want to read the novels to go back and read? I feel like reading those novels would actually give me nightmares. (laughs) His his work can do that. Because I know that his writing is like, can be really actually terrifying. And I mean, I'm sure I will one day, but I think it might be really hard to do just because... I watched the movies. Yeah, well, and especially if you're expecting them to play out like the movie did, mm-hmm. it's way different. Which is very different at the end. Um, but I, I too, I kept uh, bugging Jacob about watching this one. It was his choice, so he chose to watch it. Yeah. But I lobbied for it because it was fun to to watch them back to back to kind of see what the arc of his story was. And mm-hmm. in the end, you know, he goes down the way the hotel does in the book. Which yeah. is the hotel burns down or explodes and burns and is sort of with purged. the boilers that they with just... the boilers and so they did that in this to kind of bridge, and uh, and then Danny is free, but then he also comes back with his shine to talk to yeah. the girl at the end. Deborah's or Ebra. Ebra is Abra. or Abra. Abra like Abra Cadabra. Yeah, is what I kept thinking of. Abra uh, is able to like shine and talk to now. I think to wrap it up, the part of it being called Dr. Sleep, I was like, where does that come from? And I think that was probably one of the best parts of the movie because it showed how Danny was healed, really. And he ends up working for this hospital. Hospice care where people are dying. And he, this cat, has basically has part of the shine and the cat is able to know when people are dying. But Danny goes in and he's able to know because of the shine when people are dying and he basically just comforts these people as they die so that's like the doctor sleep aspect and i thought that was super cool and i think i i think i have to say my favorite part was just learning more about the shine oh sure you like the backstory and what you can do with it how it works where you know yeah and this learning more about how the hotel eat like consumes it yeah that was like briefly touched on in the first movie and now you know we're learning about it literally needs to feed and it's just like these people they need to feed off of the shine so i think learning more about that because when i first watched the first movie i it was weird to like have the shine in it because i feel like even without it it could have worked sure it's just this psycho movie right. happening. Right. Uh, but it made it so much better. So the shine was cool. The abilities, the whatever, there's so much. Uh, it was just such a good sequel. 
So now we have friends who live out in uh, Portland, Oregon, and when we can finally travel again, which my hope was is that in the pre-COVID world, I probably would have taken you to Oregon in June. Mm-hmm. Now we're not in that world right now, So, um, but we will go visit uh, the exterior because that would be, one, it's a fun trip to go up to Mount Hood and to the Timber Lodge where it's at. And two, now that I've re-seen the movie and we've watched this again, it would be just wild to go up and walk the grounds and mm-hmm. imagine, you know, because it, it looks nothing like the interior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is super, super cool on the outside. Uh, and it was uh, and having the throwback shot where they play the same music and they do the oh, same right, helicopter right, yeah, yeah and then it's a dark but it's, except it's cgi this yeah, time yeah, but whatever but no there was there was so much of it uh, the one scene i'll say that that is still has me a little bit unnerved is the kidnapping scene on the side of the road at the they yeah there's a scene in the his movie name is yeah where there's a scene in the movie where a young boy is playing baseball and, and his name is Jacob uh, Tremble. Tr- I'll look you it look it up. Um, but the, he's a he's a well-known child actor now, but he no, he has been for quite a while. Well, he has been for a while, uh, but he his performance is chilling and haunting, and just the whole scene is so uncomfortable. And especially as a parent, it's the worst nightmare to imagine a child getting kidnapped. And so um, the scene plays out and where, Jacob Tremblay, where they uh, kidnap him on the side of a road near a cornfield. And then it's just brutal. But it, it's one of the most horrific, realistic ex- and scenes. We I've watched seen. like a basically a recap kind of uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. And they, they talked about how when he first did his first take. Like it was the whole set just changed because he made it feel so real. Yeah. And like the actors around him, they couldn't even use their facial expressions because he he just was so horrified. Yeah. It was very, very disturbing and very hard to but, watch. But, but he just got horrible. up. And he just got played up. and laughed and yep. ran around, you know. He's uh so yeah, there was that and uh, you know, I I think the music, the soundtrack the, the nods back, even the scene where, where Ewan McGregor's interviewing for a job in the same sort of setup as the yeah. throwback to. So, like, history repeats itself, and he had to break those cycles. Otherwise, he would have succumbed to them and, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought it was, it was well worth it. Um, we didn't watch the director's cut, so I'm sure there were a few, you know, a half yeah. hour more of content. But... I do feel I like these will be will added to point. our library of DVDs yeah. uh, because when we can't stream things because the internet's down, you can still plug okay. in a TV. There, there's some back, back there it is. The big there data it is. fears. Big data fears. All right. Well, I think the episode's coming to a natural close here. If you haven't seen Dr. Sleep uh, and you've liked The Shining, it's definitely worth it. And it's a great way to burn some time because... Um, if it depends on how much of a fan of you are, if it's worth the director's cuts worth it or not. I think what it adds a, a, like a lot more of is just remade scenes, but like more overlook basically. So it's like quenching the right, the true right. fans. Yeah, they want to see the overlook again. 
like there was a scene in the red bathroom that we didn't see right well and it does make me think too like will all of the fans of the shining that have all of the theories about what the film means get so gaga about this film that suddenly there'll be all the meanings about this film? yeah even though yeah yeah they don't need it i'm sure they, they there's i'm sure there's a love-hate relationship with dr sleep because people, yeah people the diehard book fans are gonna love it or they'll hate it, mm-hmm. and the diehard film fans are either going to love it or hate it. And uh, now we'll have something to, to look for uh, on the internet over the next week. That's for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, you can just click over. Uh, go follow us on Instagram at StuckWithMyDad. Uh, with that, I hope you all have... Good rest of your day, and we'll see you next week. Adios. See ya. Bye.